All right. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the debut episode of Yak Fishing Texas. I am your host, Jaron Waffle. Uh, got a good show planned for tonight. Uh, trying to kick it off right. I'm going to be joined right now by a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Andrew Moxagemba. He's a good friend of mine. I used to work with him at ACK, or still do. Uh, he's the store uh, district manager for the Houston stores. Uh, go ahead and uh, say hey, Andrew. Hello, everybody. How's it going down there, man? It's cold here. It's warmer. It's 42. Garage is 42, huh? Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty nice, man. I was, it was 16 here this morning. My bird gear was frozen. I hit my head on it. Yeah. Come back to Houston where the weather's nice and warm. Yeah, maybe my, my bird feet, my bird fear won't freeze. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, yeah, man, so this cold weather, I hope it kind of pans out uh, for this weekend because there's a pretty big tournament series that's kicking off uh, this weekend. It's called the Cat Tournament Series. It's, a, it's pretty much Texas's largest freshwater kayak tournament series. It's uh, pretty big. It's going to kick off on Lake Decker here around the Austin area. Uh, pretty cool. Started with six events a couple of years ago. But uh, now it's expanded to uh, 11 events. So it's going to include a classic at the end, too, which is kind of cool. It's kind of set up like the old, the old bass tournaments were back in the day where the, the guys don't know where the classic's going to be, where they just kind of used to jump on a plane and the pilot took them off uh, and they just landed wherever they were going to be, and that's where they fished the classic. So that's what's kind of cool about this tournament series. It's got a lot of knowns, but the unknown is fun. So uh, I used to fish a little bit tournament-wise for freshwater in college. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, but Andrew, you got any? You got any experience with freshwater kayak tournaments? Absolutely not. But I, I am excited to hear at least they're coming down to Houston this year. I mean, I think the second tournament's going to be in Conroe, so they're they're venturing yeah, out of the Austin. It's a pretty solid lake. Uh, they've had some good share lunkers come out of there. You know, the Conroe's really caught fire the last couple of years. So, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I'll be looking forward to going to a couple of the, the events this year. Uh, since you guys don't really know who I am, uh, I worked for Austin Canoe and Kayak as a buyer and I uh, started kayak fishing probably about, oh, eight years ago. And uh, really my interest lies in, in offshore kayak fishing. But... Uh, I really do. I, I touch on the, the bay side, and when I can't go offshore, I, I touch the bays. But I uh, I do go and paddle the freshwater stuff quite a bit just to kind of wet a line now and then, especially since I can't get to the coast as much now since the gas is so high. <laughs> Austin, that's what I just need to be, be honest. I mean, they need to be honest here. Like your access is freshwater right now. Saltwater is a little bit of a a little bit of a haul for you now. Yeah, it's like three and a half hours to get to just a good location to get anywhere. So, But the nice thing is, though, is when I do go to fish, it's clear water. I mean, it's three and a half hours for me to get to Port Aransas or three and a half hours for me to get to Galveston. If i got my choice to go anywhere, you know, I'm going to go down to where the water's prettier. So, but, uh, but yeah, back to... Back to cats, uh, 
I was talking to the tournament director today and uh, got a pretty good lineup of, of sponsors. It's pretty impressive what's going to be coming down the pipe for the, the guys who are going to partake in the event. I mean, they've, uh, they've wrapped up a couple of big-name guys. The, uh, they got Costa Del Mar as, as a sponsor. Of course, they're going to be – I think Malone's going to donate some trailers, some, some grand prizes. There's going to be Ocean or Johnson Outdoors, so like Ocean Kayak. They're going to be donating some boats as prizes. So, I mean, they've got a really good, strong turnout sponsorship-wise, and these guys are really going to benefit from that. So it really, in my opinion, really can't go anywhere but up for those guys. It's been pretty good. Um, so, I mean... I mean you, you've done a lot with that website, too, the, the, cat, the fishcats.com. That website's come a long way. I know Christian's done a lot of hard work getting that thing put together, too. Absolutely. Uh, he's he's really poured his heart and soul into it. So, you know, it's it's going to be really neat that it's going to be going to the Dallas and San Antonio and Houston areas this year instead of just around the Austin area because it kind of really opens up doors to really the kind of some of the key feature lakes around Texas. So, I mean, like they're going to be going to San Rayburn, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, Rayburn's a really good, well-known historic lake and uh, – in Texas, and, but it's huge. So I think the guys are going to have the ability to um, really launch anywhere and paddle wherever they want as long as they come back to the central land location. So it really gives them a lot of freedom. Yeah, that, that Rayburn date, I think that's coming up in April, isn't it? That's, that's going to get a little further into yeah, the spring. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good, especially you know when when they jump into like next season. It's uh I think Christian was saying something about possibly going to some other key lakes, like maybe even Lake Fork, uh, which would be really cool. Maybe see some big fish get hauled out of there. You know, like that lake's notorious for Sherilunker, and that's really kind of like where the big bass craze in Texas started off. So. It'll be cool to do that one. And then there was some some talk even about OHIV out in West Texas, which is that's rather interesting. I was really, really shocked about going out that far because some of these guys are just weekend warrior guys and they've got a they've got to run all the way out there for just a day, but maybe they can turn some of those longer events into two day events. I don't know. Christian's not the iron that out. I wonder if he'll get up there that lake up there by your alma mater. You know, that place is supposed to be doing really well with us. Oh, Lake Bear Beach? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a stud lake for sure. I still haven't had a chance to get up there. It's, you know, when I was, out, when I was going to school, they had that whole area kind of predetermined where they were going to have the lake set up, and you could actually go out and walk the land because they hadn't even filled in yet. So you could go down there with a GPS and mark all the structure and everything before it even filled the, uh, filled the area, and you could know where key areas were going to be, like creeks and, you know, mid-lake flats. So, you know, and they opened that up. They didn't – they only allowed so many boats in, but kayaks could go in for whenever they wanted. So that was actually pretty huge. So you could go out and kind of have the run of the lake all to your own, because only so many 
uh, boats roll out on the lake. I mean, one of the guys, you know him, he shops over at the Houston uh, ACK store, Bobby Clark. Shoot. He, uh, he caught a 10-pounder, I think it was like his first day fishing out there on that lake. Just slow roll on a spinnerbait. I mean, it was yeah, like pretty... Yeah, he, he got it on film and put it on YouTube. It's pretty handy that way. But, yeah, yeah this, if, if he could go out there and definitely get uh, – if Christian go out there and get that lake locked up as a tournament site, that would be pretty sweet. I probably say I'd have to go dust off the bass equipment that's in the corner of my spare room and go fish that lake. Absolutely. I'd probably have to drag yeah. you up there, too. Yeah, I don't mind making a pool of myself in front of a lot of people. I have a history of doing that, so it's not a problem. Yeah, I've seen that proven. <laughs> I, I think he was talking about even moving in into saltwater coming in the next, next year, too, in the 2015. You're talking about doing some saltwater dates. I hope that happens. Yeah, I, I had heard some faint rumors on that as well. I heard Actually, I heard there were some faint rumors of it actually maybe kicking off an event or two this summer. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but... It would be kind of nice to see it moved over into that aspect and grab a whole other type of angler. Because, I mean, some guys, will, they'll cross over. They'll fish a little bit of fresh. They'll fish a little bit of, of salt. Or uh, you'll have guys that specifically do one or the other. And, you know, you can, you can definitely expand that way. And who knows, maybe if he has a lot of success with those events, they spawn off into a completely other tournament series and maybe it'll be the length of uh, events like the freshwater series is I, I kind of like the concept I like it I like the CPR tournament format it promotes good conservation ethics you know you don't got to worry about bringing a fish to the weigh-in because uh, you know a lot of those tournaments uh, they'll require you to bring fish to the, the scale and you know redfish are hardy some of most of the guys that pro, they string the fish properly, they've got oxygen-powered uh, live wells that they can transport the fish with. They they'll bring the they'll bring the fish back to the scales healthy, and so out when they're released, they're not but they're not dead. But some of the new guys, they'll go out there and they they don't know how to string them. They don't have the know-how of building those tanks, and you know it's, it's just nice the CPR doesn't. CPR, I mean, like catch, photo, release, it doesn't really promote bringing back a, a fish. You don't have to. It just records you, your points right there in the kayak by taking photos with a, either a, a sig, like a signal device, or not signal device, but like a, you know, something you can have in the photo that kind of shows that you took a picture that day with that fish and just kind of legitimizes your catch. So I like to do it. You don't want to fish a tournament, catch a nice fish, and have an hour and a half wait on the on the ferry down in Port Aransas. I mean, not that ever happened to me, but you know, you have a nice fish. You're speaking from experience, there. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. He does have a um, a how-to guide on the website too for CPR. On that um, that fishcats.com, there's a nice how-to guide underneath his files. I was looking at it right now when we're talking about. I haven't even had a chance but, to really look at that yet. Yeah, so anyone's not familiar with that whole process, it's right there. That's cool. That's 
Which I, I, another thing too is I was looking through the list of prizes and stuff. So essentially, you don't even necessarily have to to place to win a prize, which is pretty neat. So you've got a competitive division, and you've got a like I guess kind of like a social division where it's not as pressured. But so uh, the nice thing is you can. Uh, you can just join the tournament, and you're already automatically entered in for some really awesome raffle prizes. I think they're going to include like some Costa sunglasses. Uh, I think there's going to be some paddles. So pretty good prizes just for even signing up for the event. Uh, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you remember, Andrew, how much exactly the entry fees are for catch? Yeah, I was kind of looking at that right now. Um, I know you can only sign up online this year for it, and I remember that part of it. Yeah, I wanted to say it was like thirty bucks, forty bucks, but uh, yeah. now I don't. I don't know if you noticed it, but there is one event that stands out on the the tournament line, and it's the the Cats Operation Angler Strength Partnered Event. Uh, yeah, what's up? If though? there was if, if there was if there was ever an event to really to join, I think that would be the one, man, because that's for the wounded vets. I mean, those guys have laid down their line or laid down their lives for, for us. They go out there and they fight for us for the ability to do everything that we do, and then anything that we can do to repay those guys, it's, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I, we're partnering with Operation Angler Strength to promote that event. Christian's doing a good job of using his established program to – push it even more to get more interest in it. So I hope we can get a lot of guys signed up and out on the water to fish with those veterans, you know, show them a good time and raise a lot of money for a a good a good cause. So if you're interested, definitely uh, come into Texas and fishing any of our events. Definitely look into that Operation Angler Strength, because it's, it's going to benefit a lot of people. Um, that's so a really for the good breakdown thing. on cost, you got um, for the pro division, it's $50, and then for the social, it's 40 Ah, That's not bad at all. That's a lot that's cheaper. Than, what's that? That's a lot cheaper than fishing out of a boat. If you've done any, if anyone's ever done a tournament series out of a boat, that's um, pennies on the dollar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing is there's a lot of the kayak tournaments are they're fairly cheap to get into. I mean, it's – and the payout's usually – you know, the payout's usually about 100%. I mean, there's not a lot of cost that goes into these guys putting them on, which is – so the prize money can be legit for determining how many people are going to join the event. I mean, like the Blue Water Kayak Classic. It's an event hosted down in Corpus Christi. Um, I think they had somewhere around 60 to 70 guys, and there were initially, I think there were around 100 people who were initially going to sign up or had signed up and only 70 fished. And that's like a, I think they had like a 60% growth. That's, that's pretty insane. That, that definitely shows that the tournament scene kayak-wise in Texas, is alive and well, which is exciting to see for me. Yeah, and there's so many there's so many out there that are pretty small 
you know, they usually benefit. It seems like most of them in some way benefit a good cause. And if you have any yeah. kind of competitive break in you, I mean, they're they're fun. Yeah, like there there was one in Austin, I think a couple of weeks ago. The Cap City Kayak Fishing Tournament was held on like Lady Bird Lake in South Austin. You know, that all of it was like geared towards raising money for, you know, kids. So guys would come and they would bring toys, a, kind of like a Toys for Tots thing for all those kids. And then like event entry fees went towards benefiting children's shelters. I mean, really cool events. Uh, Cats did another like a precursor one. It was like a, they called the Bastrop River Run. They did nothing but, you know, collect toys, money, everything for kids right before Christmas to kind of help give them a, a decent Christmas. So, you know, there's those those kind of tournaments, but then you get into the more serious stuff. You know, the, of course, the 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 Blue Water Kayak Classic, and then, you know, even like the there's another one that's been around for probably two years. It's the Lone Star Kayak Series. That's a strictly redfish tournament ran by a, a guy I used to, or a guy that I met one time. His name is Dustin Kareva. He, he's done an amazing job with that tournament. I think he's only got like four or five tournaments per summer that kind of trickle into early fall. But each tournament, he gets 70 guys. And then payout, he pays out to like the top, I think, I think like the top 15 or 20 people that you, you place in the top 15 or 20, you get, you get some money. That's yeah, pretty pretty Jason, solid. Yeah, Jason Blackwell did pretty good in that tournament this past year. Yeah, took away the. I think he won one of the events and then took Angler of the Year. Yeah, I believe so. Not a bad day at work. No, no. What was the, I mean, what were the two fish that won that blue the Blue Water Classic? One, two huge kings caught that day. Yeah, there was, I think the guy's name was Eric Oslund. He runs ExtremeCoastKayakFishing.com, uh, or ExtremeCoast.com. He brought in two absolute monsters. I think those kings both were in, like, the 55-inch to 60-inch range, and I can't even guess the weights. I think they were 30 pounds plus a piece. It was something ridiculous like that. It's pretty impressive. That's all I can say. But... What was I think probably what had to top it all though is Travis, a uh, friend of mine, Travis Sadler. He was down there and he went out and paddled offshore and they were looking for. You know, I think they were looking for kings, just like everybody else, kind of on that side. And, but he ended up catching a sailfish. How crazy is that in Texas waters? I mean, that close to the shore, and it's that's really unheard of for us because the shelf is so far out. you got to have probably conditions that you would never see but maybe once every five years, and you get a sailfish that comes in within two miles of the shore. That's unheard of. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you I think about when we're in Pensacola, think about those sailfish. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, those Florida guys, they've got all that, that real sweet, sexy water out there. But, you know, you come here and a good day offshore is army green. You know, that's, it's, it's nice, but 
it's not that crystal clear, deep, cobalt blue water that you dream about. That's... No, we can really down and actually see the fish. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like whenever, you know, we were at Boondoggle and you caught that fish, uh, that big king from shore, you could see that fish, what, like 20 feet under you? Yeah. Yeah. Here, that, I mean, that would be a shadow. <laughs> yeah, it would be a shadow cool. five feet under you. Right. Yeah, it, it was, it's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Travis said that, I think he said he caught it on that rod and reel that he was going to use when we were supposed to go on that, that mothership tuna trip out of Venice. He said he put it to the fish and it only took like 20 minutes to get him to the boat. Oh, wow. That's, that's ridiculous. I thought I think that's the funniest part of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine, mine's collecting dust uh, still. But yep. I think the funniest part of that story, though, is when he when he pulled that fish up, the guy he was fishing with, like, hauled butt over there and pulled out a gas. <laughs> Travis was <laughs> Travis was just yelling, no, no, don't don't gas him. That's at least he had the he had the no cannot do that conservation at yeah. best. I, I tell yeah, you that would have been a waste. Yeah. And, and, you know, I tell you what, though, when we were out there fishing that Florida water, bringing it back over here, I learned quite a bit, especially from having that fish finder on my kayak, man, being able to see those bait balls underneath of us and knowing how to read that coming back here, seeing the difference, man, that's, it's so huge. And, you know, and speaking of, like, fish finder stuff, did you did you see that – that new, uh, that new fish finder installation product that uh, Yak Attack's coming out with. The battery box. That's yeah, the cell, it is. I think. Yeah, I, they call it the cell block. That's uh, ridiculous. I've seen a Yeah, I, I, I talked to Luther uh, just the other day. That's definitely one of the perks of my job. Uh, He's gonna. He's supposed to be uh, letting us see some other photos of it, but man, that's really gonna change. That's really gonna change fish finder installation. That's gonna change the game. I mean, you can basically install a fish finder on a remote piece and move it from boat to boat without having to hard mount it. That's so. It's that's gonna be. A, it's gonna have a track mount box to it, then. so you can just move it from track to track with. Fish finder and like yeah. a like a trans deployment arm type deal. Yeah, absolutely. So a head unit gets mounted to the top of it. The you know like say like the the ram transducer deployment arm gets thrown over the side. Uh, and then on the side of the cell block, you've got those. It looks like little like cleats, and you just wrap the excess wire around on the outside. It's it's the way to go. I mean, and and of course, you don't even have to use it with just Yak Attack tracks either. You can go from all the manufacturers' stock tracks. So, uh, right, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet, man. I've got to admit, yeah, that's taking that concept from that Wilderness Ride, the 115, the the new X, and kind of just making that work for all kayaks. I mean, that's a huge thing. There's so many people yeah. switch boats you know, from year to year, or 
or hell, have a couple in their garage, and you know, having multiple fish finders can get a little pricey. Oh, I know, man. That's absolutely, and it, the boats, you know, boats having all those features on them are, are it's it's nice to have nowadays. I remember, you know, like my first boat, I had an ocean kayak spec, man. You had to hard mount every single thing to the boat. That was a pain, an absolute pain. I mean, that's the old school way of doing it, but now it's just so user friendly. It's and you're getting a lot more boats that have those features too. You know, we use them. We use them a lot here, and I mean, like the Jackson Cudas. You know, being able to stand with the high seat and all that. You know, that's that's big here in Texas. I mean, marsh fishing, bass fishing, even so, it can stand up and slip and pitch. That's that's solid stuff right there. So you know, yeah, he's having that ability to move a fish finder from boat to boat, especially since all the boats got track units on them and everything. It's gonna it's going to knock it out of the park. I have right. no doubt. I mean, so, that, that's the trend right now, those stand-up boats, you know, so you can, like I said, you can side cast. And it seems like yeah. every manufacturer picking up something from each other, and improving yeah. and improving and improving. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really good. I mean, just seeing, like, the, as the boats progress as they go, where they're going to go and seeing how they're going to relate to the expanding markets. So, I mean, well, I mean, you got the, what do you got coming out this year, probably this next year? You got the newly announced Wilderness Systems Offshore Kayak. That's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Right. Uh, You got, I really can't figure out what they're doing with that front hatch, though. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's a big area for, you know, I'm guessing, I think a lot of storage, but it's not something you're going to access on the water, not offshore. Right. I mean, it, now, if they use it in a certain way, I, I can understand. But, like, maybe, you know, it looks like it's got two big bulging sides to it. Maybe they use it as a rod tip protector for when you're coming back in through the surf, you know, potentially there. I don't, but... Yeah, I'm kind of curious how it's going to be utilized in the boat because, you know, hatches that big. I mean, you don't really ever see boats with them that big or even that tall. I mean, unless we're missing something, that hatch area is all closed up, and they're thinking of it as a, you know, a storage area. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then there's there's also that Jackson Kraken that was announced. Now, if there's a boat that's out probably... I, that I've got my eyes on, it's it's that boat because see I'm I'm the kind of guy that I use boats basically to fit the way I fish. So I fish offshore. I want an offshore capable boat that's going to handle big water well, which is why I paddle like the Ultra 4.7. So seeing this boat that's going to be it's been inspired by Jim Sammons and he's going to help you know design and bring that on. I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to go. It's it's going to be pretty sweet. The the crack. I wonder how they're going to do the seat. If they're going to incorporate the high low seat into it, um, which I think they would benefit by not doing it, because high seating or high seat offshore really does not benefit you any since your center of gravity gets thrown off. But if they could do no, maybe not- like a 
like a hung seat, you know, like where it's installed in the boat, but you're, when you sit on the webbing, it doesn't touch the bottom of the boat, kind of like the concept of the Phase 3 in the wilderness boats, but more like the Jackson seat. I think I could see myself sitting in that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think all the manufacturers are catching on that comfort is more, more important than anything, but maybe they'll be able to apply that comfort to boats that paddle well, too. You know, there's a, that's the, the missing piece right now. Yeah, yeah. But if, uh, but there's okay. a place for those stand-up kayaks. You mean you and I both know it. I mean, I've been. Oh yeah, I've absolutely. Sort of, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's nice when they're good and stable. So if you get blown backwards in your fishing area with a bulkhead, and you get blown in the bulkhead, your butt falls on the kayak instead of in the water. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Done yeah, that that's, too. That's that's true. It's is that you know I don't know that. The, then you've got, like, the Mokin Series kayaks. Those, I've, I've actually seen those offshore when we were boondoggled. Those, those seem like they handle real big water as well. And see, you know, when I say big water, it's, like, different from region to region. So, I mean, here in Texas, our surf is like a, it's like a washing machine. You don't have any perfect sets or anything like that. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's. You've got to have a different kind of boat for here than you would say in Florida or Cali or anything like that. Right, so, absolutely. So that's where we're lucky. Be, we can use everything. Yeah. Well, see, it looks like we got a caller here. I think it's someone we've been really expecting to join in. He's the owner of Feel Free Kayaks. Uh, his name is Jim Hager. And let's see here. Uh, hey, guys. It, hey, how's it going, Jim? Uh, good, good. I'm down here in Florida uh, showing off the new lure and uh, trying to find some warmer weather. Sweet. Do you have any luck? Florida. What's the weather like here? It's, uh, it's a whopping 34 degrees in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it's perfect paddling weather. It is if you got the right gear, that's for sure. <laughs> so let me get this nice. right. It's warmer in that it is in, in Jacksonville. That's that's awesome. So right now I'm winning. Uh, I have the highest number out of the both of you. <laughs> I left this morning from uh, from the office and warehouse there in Asheville. It was uh, it was zero this morning. So 32 or whatever, 34 is an improvement. Yeah. Man, that doesn't even sound enjoyable at all. Uh, uh, to clarify, I, I'm not the specific owner of uh, Feel Free Worldwide. I do. Uh, I'm very much part of the team that runs um, uh, Feel Free for North America. We're, we're based in Asheville, North Carolina. We have a, a, a really nice worldwide presence and a great worldwide team and, and a strong uh, a group of guys and friends and, and uh, comrades that have, have we've all worked together for over 10 years, and now uh, we've got a new location, new facility, and we're, we're pretty excited about uh, 2014, especially with the onset of this uh, of our new lure with our kind of unique new uh, uh, not only high-low seat but uh, flush and everywhere in between. Yeah, so yeah, I've been playing with that boat, man. Yeah, what I, was you guys kinda, think? I was just kind of curious. Where what what kind of prompted you to? To go that direction for the for the lure. 
Well, currently we have such a we've got a really nice, strong hand with the Moken series, and I heard you guys talking about it. And, and they do; they handle themselves very nicely in, in, in bigger water, more open water conditions. They're what I kind of consider more of a vehicle or a proper kayak if you want to go um, at a distance and really cover some ground. Um, you know, and it can take you there and handle the bit rougher conditions. The Mokins, the 12 and a half and the 14, are, are really poised for that. You know, their, their beams are hovering around 30 inches, so they're a bit narrower, uh, but yet still very smooth and, and stable. Um, you can't stand up in them. Um, however, they're geared toward being a proper vehicle kayak. We wanted to come out with an offering to complement that on the on the other side, and introduce something with a lure that was really geared towards standing um, and have a kind of unique offering with our new uh, gravity seats, which would give you the ability to not only sit flush and be able to paddle the boat properly and, and, and feel stable in, in, in a little bit rougher conditions or in, or in normal conditions, just being able to have a good paddle stroke, but then easily raise it up inch by inch by inch by inch up to 10 inches high um, and give you a bit higher perspective and then easily stand uh, from that same seating position. Um, and so we wanted to do that with, with a, a boat uh, a bit beamier you're going to have to go. You know, I, I really feel 35 is still a bit narrow. 36 is kind of the sweet spot, and that's kind of what we've, we've learned over time. And, uh, you know, 33 and 34 is great as an all-around boat. They do some things well and other things okay, but they don't do, you know, just like anything, like going to a buffet at the Bonanza, not everything's going to taste great. Um, and so we, we really wanted, again, as a kind of a, a vehicle kayak and, and one with the lure as a more, you know, high, low seating position and the, the standing option. Yeah, that, 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 I can't wait to actually sit down there. Yeah, I've been playing it all week at the boat show, and the thing that's different about it, you know, all these seats with the high-low position, you're literally having to move the seat, you know, from the high to the low, you know, yeah. pick it up and move it or click it and move it. I mean, his seat, you, you just literally, you're touching two buttons, and it drops down. You lift those two latches, and it pulls right up. It is the smoothest operating seat I've messed with. I mean, it, it goes up and down. It's unreal how, how smooth it operates, how it's locked into the boat. It doesn't feel like it's going to move all over the place like some of the other ones I've messed with have. It's really impressive. It's comfortable. It's got a nice, uh, you know, uh, a wide seat pan and, a, and a, a pretty, you know, high back on it. And, and like you said, you can you can not only drop it down very easily in the same spot and be flush, but you can also raise it up easily, not just, you know, one or two positions, but multiple positions quite easily and, and lock it in. And I'll tell you what, it works great. As a camp chair, and I can attest to that, it's going to be a great, a great chair for me to take to all these events coming up. I'll always have a, one of the more comfortable seats to sit in. <laughs> that's that's always a bonus. Uh, so I, I'm kind of curious, man. Is so with this new seat, it really kind of opens the door for you to put it in other boats. Is it going to be entertained that way, or just for now, we're going to kind of just see it stay in the lure for the time being? Um, right, you know, right now the lure is just coming out, and, uh, sorry, I'm just, uh, parking the truck here. Um, right now the focus is to bring that, uh, the lure out with that high-low seat, and, and, and that's what we're doing. Uh, what the future holds is, uh, we shall see. 
Yeah, I, what I, I wouldn't mind. That I wouldn't lure? mind it right now. What, what lengths is that lure coming right now? It's 11 and a half and 10, or? Yeah, it's 11 and a half and a 10. And uh, also we have, um, you know, there's thoughts about potentially coming out with a bit longer 13 also. I would like to see that, absolutely. I'm a I'm a long boat. I like long boats. I just like the way they are. But I do like those 11 and a half style boats for smaller bodies of water for maneuvering abilities. Like that 10, that would be an awesome river running little craft. Yeah, the uh, the 10 just came out. The first couple came out of the mold. We're really excited. It's uh, it's the same basic format. Shorter, literally. Same beginning. Same, um, same basic dimensions, just, you know, we just shortened it up. Yeah, that's, that's I'd like to take, that'd be like a nice little, like a, like a day runner boat for like Colorado River trips around here. Or, uh, actually, what would even be nice is it's still at, at 10 feet and even at 11 feet, what's nice about that is that's manageable in the surf. So now not only am I getting a, a seaworthy crap, and I'm also going to have a really comfortable seat while I'm out there sitting, anchored up, waiting for sharks or reds or anything like that. And those guys that are marsh fishermen, you know, since it's at 11 and a half feet, you still got a boat that's going to paddle pretty well. I mean, they're going to have a really ideal sight casting platform, and they're going to be able to see those fish from even from sitting up. I, I think you guys got a really good winning combination right there. Well, thanks. We we've worked hard at it. I think um, I think you're you're hitting it uh, right on the head there. The, the eleven and a half we really brought out is something that's quite versatile length for a wide range of conditions. But we also wanted to uh, you know bring something um, to complement that on a bit shorter side for the fly fishermen or or folks you know paddling moving water down the rivers. Um, you know, and having a, a little ten footer that you can just throw in the back of the truck that's still going to be wide enough to stand up and, 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 and really use that high-low seat to its full capability, there's going to be, that's going to be a sweet little boat. That's really going to be kind of the, the nine iron of, of, uh, of fishing kayaks <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. And I, I'll tell you what else, man. I really dig that new uni track that you guys got out. I, that gives you, like, a lot of flexibility as to what you don't have to mount, hard mount on your boat. I mean, for a console-style device, it's probably one of the most ergonomically designed ones I've ever seen. Well, that's, uh, um, you know, what we tried to do is come up with a, a track system that was easy to use without tools. Um, and we don't really have, you know, a, a range of fishing rod holders, but what we wanted to do is come up with a plate that basically you can mount a variety of a different manufacturers' rod holders right to our plate and then install that easily and, and you know, um, be able to move it around wherever you want it, whether you're paddling or fishing, without any tools, and then lock it into place. And um, the next generation on from that just came out just, uh, just before Christmas, which is our new Unibar, which basically bridges, you know, the left and the right side with a kind of a, a dashboard system and another bar that you can mount electronics or, or camera mounts or or whatever, kind of in front of you, up by your feet. Uh, when you're fishing, you can slide it, cl- you know, easily closer to you, uh, you know, just giving you a lot more range of uh, spots to put, you know, accessories and electronics. 
sweet. You know, what's amazing yeah. about the Unibar is how, is how um, you know, there's no flex to it. All those other dashboards out there, you know, there's a you're, – you're tightening listing screws to move them back just because of the width of the boat is shrinking. Or, you know, there's always something like that going on. But when you lock that thing in, it's pretty it's pretty rigid. It's very impressive. Well, it's a, you know, well the bar is an extruded piece of aluminum, so it's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. And, and, you know, it's made specifically for that purpose. I mean, it's a bit – you know, you, you can see we've borrowed some um, uh, some uh, some design technology from the roof rack industry and in creating something that really attaches to the boat cleanly. You know, it looks sharp and it has a good solid connection. Uh, versus a lot of there's a lot of other great systems out there that are a bit um, more basic or kind of seems like a lot of different ones out there might have been just whatever they could kind of put together that they had laying around where ours is made specifically for this application. Well, you guys have really been coming on strong, man. You, it's impressive to see, you know, when I first saw the very first Moken 10 to kind of when it's evolved to now, it's, you guys have really put forth a lot of time and effort in those boats, and it's really shown. And, you know, from what I've seen, they're being received so well. And, you know, like Jason Blackwell, one of your pro staff members, he's a friend of ours, um, he does nothing but rant and rave about that boat, and he used to paddle wilderness system boats. Now, you know, nothing against, you know, wilderness system boats because they're great boats. But for a guy who's paddled them for probably six years exclusively, and then he jumps into one of those and he just falls in love with it, that, that says a lot right there, in my opinion. Uh, I think you're very much right. I think, you know, wilderness systems, those are some great boats, for sure. Some, some really, really... Uh, uh, good hull designs and some good deck layouts. And when we first started coming out with the fuel-free boats, we really wanted to make sure that we had an identity of um, performance and features that was uh, different and, and not just different for the sake of being different, but different for, for the sake of being a bit more functional. Um, and that gets down to kind of three kind of key items that we started with. When the first one being, you know, how we rolled them all the handles into the boats. we mold the handles in on the sides and also on the end. So you have less attachment points. You have a rigid uh, bar to grasp on on either side of the boat. Loading and unloading becomes a huge thing, and you don't have so much of a knuckle buster when you've got the boat lifted up over your head. Also, um, we use all the stainless steel recessed fittings to attach, you know, some of the seats and different uh, thigh strap accessories. Um, versus just an attached piece of hardware. We really, really work hard at trying to make uh, our hardware flush and, and below the the surface so nothing gets torn off in, in the line of loading and unloading or when you're getting in or out of the boat on the water. And then the final thing, which, you know, when we first started out, always became kind of our right foot forward, is now kind of, I, I, I sometimes forget to even talk about it, but really our patented wheel and the keel is, is what, put us on the map and got people's uh, interest started. And We have an integrated wheel in, in the stern of every boat that's, you know, subtly there. You don't really notice it when you're paddling, but when the boat's on dry ground, you can just pick up the boat and the angle allows you to basically engage the wheel and walk away with the boat. Yeah, that that was that was one of the key things I ever I noticed. I was like, man, that they got a wheel in the back. I don't have to drag my boat all over the place bring it to some shop and get it welded because I've drug it all over God's green earth. But now, you know, with you guys, it, it, and here's the most amazing thing, and it, you've already touched on it, is when you're paddling, you don't even know it's there. 
would think that a, you know you'd think that maybe something back there would affect how that boat tracks in the water or how it handles, and it's not the case. It's it's a non it's a non factor. No, no, we've incorporated right into the keel of the boat, and uh, you know for longevity of, of that is it, just great. And the other thing too is not only are you not just dragging the boat and, and wearing up the keel, but if you do, you know, if you were to use a cart, you know, you get down and, and, and haul your boat 100 yards down to the water, then you've got to figure out what you're going to do with the cart, whether you chain it to a tree or bungee it to the back of your boat, and you've got this contraption kind of hanging off. It's just nice not to have to deal with that extra piece of hardware when you've got enough gear already you're dealing with. Sweet. When... I also, I'll tell you what, I also like that, that lime camo, man. That's a pretty cool color combination. Well, thanks. That was, that was a new one that came out uh, this year. You know, that, that, that's another key feature that we do try to do and differentiate ourselves is, is make our colors a bit more vibrant and the color separation is a bit more, you know, defined and clear. There's a lot of uh, camo attempts out there from different manufacturers, but it's quite difficult to, to have the color separation at the level that we do, just like the molded-in handles that are very time-consuming from a molding process, to create that type of color separation between the different colors on the camo is, is, is a bit more time-consuming. And, um, you know, it, it definitely sets our boats out uh, apart from the others where, you know, the other camos just kind of seem to blend into one another, which is fine for a lot of folks. But, again, we just wanted to offer something different. Right. What's with the um, the yellow camo? Is that something that's coming out? It's kind of like that red, kind of almost like ginger red. Kind of reminds me of it's, Justin. But, but. It's a bit, uh, you know, people love the lime camo so much, and, and I've uh, uh, having the ability to talk to production and say, well, why don't we switch out, switch out the, uh, the lime for a yellow and, and see what we come up with, see how that looks. And we've done that in the past with some other colors, and it didn't always come out good, but we, we did some, and we're kind of calling it a sun camo. And uh, it looks pretty sharp. We're going to do a, a limited run with the lure series that's coming out and just uh, kind of get a few of them out there and see what people think. But uh, there won't be a lot of them, so if anybody's interested, just uh, get a jump on it before they go. Gotcha. Well, is there, is there anything possibly coming down the pipe else? Now, in 2014, you can maybe shed some light on that kind of <laughs> interest of some people? <laughs> What's funny is I just, you know, we've been working hard on this lure project, and I, I literally, I hit the road, I've got 48 boats, uh, and 49 was a lure on the very, very top of the, of the stack. It's like I just got the, we just got the lures in. There's one down in Texas, like uh, Andrew was saying, down at the Houston Boat Show, and it's going to go to San Antonio and, and make its way around Texas. I've got the other one kind of showing off around the, the southeast in Florida and, and over in Oklahoma and, and Tennessee and wherever I can get to. Um, so right now the, the lure is our, our most exciting thing that's hit. Um, we do have uh, always some, some irons in the fire, and, and we'll be talking about that here soon. But right now we're excited about the, the release of this new lure. The 11 and a half is the first one, and the, those will be showing up oh, end of the month, early February. And then the 10-footer, and Lure 10 will be coming out later in February. Very cool, man. Well, that's exciting to hear. Uh, I really can't wait to get out and paddle it. I think we're supposed to be getting a, a rental one, so I really want to take it out and put it through the paces. 
kind of want to I want to put it through some duck hunting too. I think you guys got some camo color there. I can put it into a into work for duck hunting. I can even turn it into a mobile blind since it sits so high. So yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be great. It'd be great for duck hunting. Absolutely nice and you know nice and stable and being able to you know sit uh, shoot from that sitting position is going to be great. Oh, absolutely. So. Well, man, appreciate you calling in, Jim. Uh, that was a—it's uh, always nice to speak with someone who has uh, got some cool products coming out. So, uh, again, appreciate you calling in and shedding some light on the new feel-free lure. Uh, when can we expect to see the the eleven and a half and the ten again? Eleven and a half will start coming into the states. So, uh, end of the month, we'll start to get some of them in. Um, but, but really in February, you'll see the onset of them kind of early, mid-February, and then end of February, the Lure 10 will start to show up. Awesome. We'll definitely have to circle a day, and maybe next time you're in town, man, we can go paddle to Colorado or something like that. And, uh, oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. And, uh, oh, great. You guys, you got a website that everybody can possibly go on and check, uh, check the yeah. boats out? Yeah, we just loaded up a, a brand new website, so we encourage you to come check it out at feelfreekayak.com. Feelfreekayak.com. Sweet. All right. Well, appreciate that, Jim. Uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely get catch up with you whenever you're in town, and uh, have you call in too. Maybe when you got some. Uh, I know you got another ace in the hole somewhere. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll get you on here again, and maybe we can discuss something else again. That sounds great, guys. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. I'm going to work on parking this big truck and, and get settled in for the night and, and try to get on the water tomorrow. It's not if it warm All right, man. All right, thanks, Joe. Cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. Travel safe. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, well, pretty cool. Nice to hear that the lure is going to be available to the public soon. That's a... Uh, it's gonna be a good boat, Andrew. I really do. I really think so. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna serve a lot of purposes. It's gonna gonna to cater towards a lot of the crowd that's out there that wants wants the ability to sit up tall, but still have lots of flexibility on how high it's gonna go. I think they got a good one going there. Yeah, and how low it goes. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, that's see, it it does go flush. I mean, it goes as low as just like a wilderness tarpon. It sits the same position. It's one of those phase three seats. It has, um, that seat, I think, is going to be a game changer for them. Yeah, because, I mean, they came a long way. I mean, that initial, the initial Moken was, you know, it, it came with that real open hatch in the front, uh, or, you know, it didn't even access the inside of the boat. It was just a kind of a big cap that was on there. And they really evolved the entire, the entire line, which was, pretty impressive with all the enhancements that they did. And then now this, and it'll be exciting to see where they go from here. It's a good launch point and just some really big things for them. I'll be interested to see what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I I do have a question, though. You've had your hands on the boat, the seat. I mean, what is it made out of? Is it just like a standard padded-out seat? It, it looks or, like I mean, it looks like hard plastic base, and then uh, yeah, it's a nice pad out. It almost reminds me of um, a Liquid Logic, like a remix, the way the those seats are outfitted. 
I mean, it's yeah. that, that soft, that cushioning. But the nice thing is the way that it goes up and down is an aluminum scissor type. It's, a, it's almost a scissor lift. I can't think of another way of explaining it. But it's not it, – it's built well. I mean, it looks like it holds the one that weighs a lot. I mean, a couple of us in the company that have a little weight, Chris and I. I'm sure that he could hold us, you know, without, without yeah. issue. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's a big, not, I mean, well-made piece of equipment. And something that moves that much, it's always a concern. You don't want something that's, you know, had a lot of plastic parts that might shear and break over time. Fascinating. I'm going to have to really see that boat. I'm, I'm kind of piqued my interest since I saw it. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But what else do, What else are you seeing out the Houston Boat Show that's catching some eyes outside of, like, kayak? Um, <laughs> there is a, a limo there. It's made, it has nothing to do with boating whatsoever. It's a four-wheeler, a side-by-side. It's been stretched out to a 12-man limo. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, it has a six-inch lift on it, and the guy says he uses it for duck hunting. He goes and drops off all of his business partners. He'll go drop them off at blinds and off at their spots, but it's a, a massive side-by-side. That is really the craziest I've seen out there, yeah, and like I said, it has absolutely nothing to do with fishing or boating whatsoever, but just pure testosterone, that's probably the coolest thing at that show right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I love the shows. I, I, the Houston Boat Show, with it being so big, it's got so much stuff inside of it. I mean, and what's really cool about it is that paddle sports is really starting to get more and more attention at these shows. You'll see more and more small dealers or You'll see a boat dealer that maybe picks up a, a kayak brand here or there, and because they 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 recognize how hot the market gets for those things or for these things, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, it, it's just going in and having all those boats side by side for all the customers to see. They can ask questions and and then float from say a boat booth. They can go over to the next one, pick up a rod and reel, and. To go to the next one, pick up some jerky. Yeah, move along from there. If you're going to go to any kind of show or event, there's always got to be jerky. I mean, that's that's pretty standard. Well, that that and fudge. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, it looks like we're about five minutes out. Uh, I don't really have uh, too much else to talk about with about kayaking on in general for the shows or whatnot, but. Uh, again, just to kind of recap, uh, definitely if you guys are going to come fish Texas or anything like that, uh, definitely look into Cats. It's a it's a really cool event. It's really ran well. You can fish either competitively or you don't even have to worry about uh, you don't even have to worry about fishing competitively. You can come fish socially and join that division as well. So that's a it's a it's a cool event. Uh, you can got a chance to win some really cool prizes, boats, gear, everything. Um, so it's it's worth your time and effort. Uh, and then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think when I was talking to Chip, I think Boondoggle may be worth, uh, or maybe talking about coming to Texas. That might be topic for another show, potential Boondoggle sites in Texas. I like the way that kind of goes. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed the boondoggle. If I didn't have to drive all the way to Pensacola to go to it, that'd be fantastic. 
Um, that was a really fun event, and hopefully they will bring it to Texas because God knows we can bring enough people to it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I was thinking, like, uh, Goose Island State Park down in Port Aransas. That's a huge, huge area down there. Uh, that's, it's got plenty of campsites to house all the people. Because I know when we, when we went to the one in Florida, I couldn't believe how large the venue was. I think the only one I've ever been to that would rival it in size would be Goose Island. So I think it, it gives all the it gives all the amenities that we had there. I mean, it's got the showers, it's got the private campsites, it's got power, water, and all that. And, and then, especially though, we you know, just like in Florida, you've got the ability to go offshore. You've got the you've got the bay side, and and it's all family friendly. You've got Port Aransas right there. You can run around and go to various restaurants. So. I think it'd be a good way to. I think it'd be a good place to kind of hold it. No, I agree with you because I saw on um, Texas Tide Christian some people were talking about pens, but I mean pens—that's not realistic for an event like that. That's a. Not everyone would be able to make it down there. It should be an event that you know anyone could make it to. Yeah, it's it's a solid venue, and I like what this guy put in the Chris Johnson. He put in the in the, in the chat Texadoggle. Texas doggle, Lone Star doggle, something like that. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we're... we got pretty much, you know, that's got the fishing all around the place that uh, will suit everybody. Trout, redfish, you've got you can go offshore, kings. You, maybe it'll be like Travis and catch a scalefish. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And then, well, yeah, and you've got, you can even go a little more inland. I mean, there's uh, potentially some parks around there. Uh, like Lake Braunig or something like that that's got, it's a freshwater lake, like a power plant lake that's got freshwater redfish. That would be, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be different. I mean, like you said, there's access to a lot of water in that area, and it's not, you know, it's not, you're not locked into one type of fishing, and that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of those around, and, and I've never caught one. But I know all those guys that go out there and they'll like they catch them on like cut bait with like they'll use old cast net tilapia up and they'll use those as bait. They'll kayak around and they'll find and they actually find redfish tailing in those lakes. That would be wild to see. Yeah, that, that would be fun. I don't even know what that they're be... eating crustacean wise in there. I mean worms or maybe. I don't know, freshwater mollusk and stuff like that, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, that, unfortunately, we don't have the, you know, the wide range of species they have in Florida offer. I mean, you go on the kayak fishing radio website, and the first thing on the main page there is bonefish and tarpon. Made me sick just seeing that right there. And we don't, you know, we don't have anything like that here, but we do have quality fish that are worth catching, so. I got them in the Corpus Christi Aquarium. I don't know if you know your fish there, but you got them. Yeah, that's true. You, well, you can probably catch them. You just, you know, you only get one to try. <laughs> you better be fast. <laughs> but, well, I think that's all we've got for this, uh, for tonight. I uh, want to thank everybody for joining tonight. Uh, been fun. I like I like doing this. Uh, see, we'll do it next week. We've got a, got a lot of great ideas for the show. Um 
So I just want to go ahead and thank you, Andrew, for joining for tonight, uh, being my co-host for the evening. Uh, and uh, hopefully next week we'll be back on some more topics. Definitely stop by the Facebook page, uh, drop off some ideas, things that you want to hear from the Lone Star State. Uh, I'll try my best to find some more local news and spread it around. Um, so, again, thanks, and uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week.